0: Market. This is Motley Fool Money.
1: Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that loves its footy on Triple M, naturally. And I'm Andrew Page, and this is Scott Phillips. G'day Andrew, g'day fools. Thanks for joining us on this grand final weekend. Yes, it is all happening this weekend, but before the footy starts, we are <laughs> gonna talk money and finance. And this week it's about the banks. Are they selling the family silver? Also, speaking of grand final season, are sports rights the only thing that stand between the networks and oblivion? We have to talk a bit more politics. Trump has proposed company tax cuts. Is this going to be the saviour of the economy or a massive screw-up? And we should say we'll talk, not necessarily politics, we'll talk about a political issue, but hopefully from a business perspective. All about being a political mate, uh, at least on air. Uh, <laughs> Magellan sponsoring the Ashes. Who? Magellan, big fund manager. Okay. Is that, is that the sign of the top of the market or what? <laughs> wouldn't be surprised. We will talk a bit about that. And mate, it is your turn to get on your high oh, horse. Isn't it what? And rant. Up I get. But first. <laughs> um, so I said the banks are selling the family. silver. Yeah. CBA ditching its uh, wealth management business. Yeah. Uh, is that a savvy move? Geez, there has to be a mountain of money to be made in that area. You'd
2: think so, wouldn't you? So let's take a couple of steps back. So... You think about our banks, Commonwealth Bank, ANZ, Westpac, NAB. These guys are the biggest lenders in the country for residential mortgages yep. and the biggest lenders for business. Yep. But they've kind of got this sideline of selling insurance products, so mm. life insurance, income insurance, car insurance, but also wealth management services. I think about fund managers. If you're going to go invest your money, your CBA bank manager might say, hey, come over here. We've got some products we can sell you. Mm-hmm. Here's a great CBA superannuation product or term deposit or not deposit, but uh, you know, an investment fund, something
1: like that. Yep. And it's kind of been a way they've burnished their business growth over the last five or ten years. Well, it seems like a hell of a train to get on top of, you know. When when, when uh, compulsory superannuation uh, came into effect, you know, every Australian is going to be tipping nine percent into this. You got it, it just seemed like a crazy thing not to. So when all that happened, it spurred some huge takeovers and acquisitions. Uh, Commonwealth and Colonial probably being the one that springs right. most obviously to right. mind. Yep. Um, and we have
2: the fourth largest retirement savings pool in the world. Now that's not per capita. That's right. That's total amount
1: of that, money. No, that's that's 25 a, a twenty-five million. Australia, million of twenty-five right. million. That you know, on a per capita base, I'd suggest it's probably uh, even higher. Mate, I reckon you're probably probably the largest per capita. Yeah, it'd be up there. Maybe Norway actually. Possibly. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> um, uh, what was my point, Scott? I have no <laughs> idea, which is normally at the status quo. <laughs> that's right. So here's the thing.
2: Okay. The, you, you would imagine if you were a bank. You would imagine this great growth opportunity be something you'd be absolutely clamoring to drive and push and grow, but at the moment they're selling those businesses instead. And here's the problem. I, well, this is going to be this is going to be part rant, part explanation. Okay. Right? So the banks are basically saying. So the, the government has said, look, the GFC was crap. Mm-hmm. We never want to have that again. We're going to make sure, like all the rest of the world. That our banks are appropriately capitalised. That means they've got enough money to back the loans that they're giving yep. to make sure there's nothing that can upset the banks and cause. So we a get tick- we get into a
1: bit of trouble. A whole bunch of people default in their loans. These guys are still standing at the end of it.
2: Right, money. as opposed yep. to what might otherwise happen, which is the banks don't have enough money. There's a run on the bank. The bank can effectively be insolvent, like wiped out. Northern yep. Rock or, or yep. UBS in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, um, Royal Bank of Scotland in the UK. Uh, these, these are these are these are decisions made to try and keep everything afloat. Now that sounds. Imminently,
1: eminently sensible. To do that,
2: the bank's got to find some more money. Okay. Now, they could cut the dividend. No, never going to happen. Or they could issue more shares and raise more capital.
1: Mm.
2: Or they could start selling the family silver. Okay. And so this is what they've done. Faced with a shareholder base who were saying as a group, don't cut our dividend for the love of God mm. and don't raise any more money because I don't want to be diluted anymore. Mm. The banks are looking around and thinking, well, what else can we do? And the right. answer right now is... I guess we'll sell our wealth management businesses. So a pretty easy solution. Well, easy is one way to put it, but the a short-term is solution. That's probably, exactly right. Yeah. And so, if you think, if you think, so think, so the house price has been on an absolute tear for the last 20, 30 years. We've talked about that many, many times in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Think about what happens when that isn't the case anymore. Yeah. When house price growth slows down, when business lending slows down, mm. what's going to be the biggest growth in financial services? It's going to be wealth management. Mm. That superannuation pile continues to grow. The fees continue to come in. It is going to be, forever and a day, Mm. the most sustainable long-term growth path that any of these banks have and yet that's exactly the business they're selling. It's a lovely business model Isn't as well. It?
1: Once you've got your customer there, you take a clip of their, what they call AUM, assets under management, or FUM, funds under management. Yes. So if I, you do. Yeah. <laughs> so I get, you know, <laughs> let's call it 2% of all your money. And right. that, that money grows over time. Every year, by the of, way. Because of, A, you're contributing to it on a regular basis mm-hmm. through your uh, compulsory superannuation guarantee. And ideally, over time and on average, that pile of money is just getting larger naturally because right. of the money you're invested in. Right. And so, someone who joins up a financial product in their twenty in their twenties, you've got forty years of getting have a little bit of their life savings, you know, uh, for for that entire period. So it's yeah. a, it's a, something you'd want to hang on to, you'd
2: imagine. Exactly yeah. right. And so this is this is this is why I think this is probably a unbalanced, crazy decision for mm. the banks to make. It is is short-sighted to my mind, but they are saying, well, there's issues and we need some money and we can get a decent price for it, so we might as well sell it. Mm. I reckon. I would bet that a decade from now, some bank CEO is saying, if only we could have 2017 back in, if only we could keep those businesses that we're selling, Mm. that insurance money, that wealth management money, that was was the pot of gold, and and we sold it. We sold the goose that laid the golden eggs, if you like. because they could always buy right.
1: it back, uh, in theory, of course, yes, but I want, it, it depends what the price is going to be. And
2: guess what? If you're going to buy it back, you've got to raise some money. How do you do that? Well, you ask shareholders for the cash. Oh, jeez. It's
1: a tough it's it, a tough It is a very to tough one. So thumbs down for you and me in terms oh, of those decisions, I, I think, it's, I think it's fair to say. I, think
2: I, get, I get why they're doing it in the short term, and I get that shareholders right now are saying, we don't want to cut the dividend. If this was my business, if this was your business, there is no way in hell I would be selling the wealth management business. I'd take a little bit less in dividends today yep. for a much, much greater profit tomorrow.
1: You know, I think that's a, I think that's a statement that's generally true outside of the banks and what we're specifically talking about here. You know, I love my dividends as much as the next guy, you do. but you know, I, I think, I think it's eminently a sensible thing to do. Look at TPG. We talked about this last mm. week, right? They've got a whole bunch of capital expenditure requirements coming up. They cut the dividend. The actual initial market reaction was one of of positives. Yes, we're going to get less in our pockets this year because of cash, but it means that we have um, uh, less stress on the balance sheet. We're putting that money into investments that will hopefully provide a very good rate of return and therefore support further dividends increases down the track. You got it. So again, I, I think... You 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 have to when you're looking especially dividends as a source of income, mm-hmm. notice that there's gonna be a little bit of variability in there. Yeah, right. And the question isn't how much money can you possibly put in my pockets, but how much can you put into my pockets after allowing for future growth of the business and making sensible investments long term. That's a very good summary, Matt. Well done.
0: <laughs> Thank you, mate. Motley Fool Money. <laughs> Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Let's talk about footy season. It's footy season. It's not only footy season,
2: it's grand final season. Grand final season. This weekend.
1: It's, all, it's a great weekend, isn't it? isn't it? So for a lot of people, three-day weekend. Yes. Not for us because the market's open. No, Monday we'll be at work. Damn it. Um, uh, but we get daylight savings as well. I love daylight you savings. You know, so it's it's a good time to be Speaking alive. Speaking of savings, my
2: favorite type of saving is daylight saving. <laughs>
1: nice. So what we thought we'd talk a bit about here is that, you know, um, this is this has historically been a huge bonanza for the commercial free-to-air networks. Yep. You get a lot of eyeballs. You get to charge a huge amount for advertising Correct. space. But there is talk that, well, in the future, are they still going to be retaining those rights? Yep. Maybe a Netflix will. We'll, that's maybe you'll have to have a Netflix account to, to go in and watch the, the footy final. In fact, over in um, uh, New Zealand, that's been touted in terms of the rugby. Yep. So the question is: we've we've seen huge disruption in this space, that's mm-hmm. continuing at a rapid, rapid pace. Mm-hmm. If the free to air networks lose the broadcast rights, is that it? Are they over? What What's the point of those those networks if they don't even have that? Yeah, that's a really good that's a really good question. I mean, unless I want to watch you know reruns of Hey Dad for the umpteenth <laughs> millionth time, I mean, what yes. what do you do? Not good, is it? Martin Kelly Architect, as I recall. Yeah. Right. Uh, so look, here's the here's the
2: here's the thing about sports rights. It's incredibly expensive for the networks, but it's one of the things they can do that currently. Netflix doesn't do, and currently Foxtel isn't allowed to do Mm. because of the anti-siphoning rules. So basically the government have said, look, we'll carve out a space for the free-to-air networks to make sure that you can watch the Rugby League Grand Final, the State of Origin, the AFL Grand Final, a whole lot of others, the Ashes, um, without having to buy a free-to-air, sorry, a a pay TV subscription. So that kind of makes sense to some Well, it makes sense.
1: Why should sport only be restricted to to those who can afford pay TV or whatever it happens to be? Right. It's a fair argument. Exactly. Now, here's the problem,
2: though as less and less people are watching free-to-air TV as, as, while there are more and more alternatives elsewhere, and frankly, with the networks themselves in some degree of financial distress, mm. the amount of money they can afford to pay the sports themselves for those rights is going to fall. Yes. In the past, the sports have kind of been used as a bit of a loss leader, if you like, to try and get people to watch the networks yep. to then hopefully watch other the other programming. Look at the in Channel 7, right? Exactly. That's a great example of Exactly. That, if yeah. you take that away, though, or frankly, if the networks can't afford to pay for those sports mm. rights because they're simply under more financial stress than they used to be, yeah, because the rest of their program isn't working because we're all watching Netflix or YouTube or, you know, stand, was, stand or, yeah, right. Insta streaming Foxtel. service here. Yep. So so that means there's less money to make back those expensive T V rights and the sports start to make less money. Yeah. What do they want? They want the most money they can get. Of course. They're gonna start petitioning the government saying, guys, this is any siphoning rules, this doesn't this doesn't do much for yeah. us. we actually much, much rather take some money from the Foxtels, from the Netflixes, from the Googles and the YouTubes to try and basically support that part of our business to, to, yeah. to, to maximise the sports rights of value. Of course, If the networks don't have it, that's... Pr- so think about... Think about well, Foxtel's kind of both, right? But think about Netflix. Netflix specialises currently in packaged series and single event TV. So, mm-hmm. up, you know, one night stand kind of comedy stuff. Yep. Um, plenty of TV series, plenty of made-for-TV type mm-hmm. stuff. Really, reality TV, news and sport. Is pretty much what the free to air networks have going right, for. Right. Yeah. And you start to peel some of those away. Yeah. What's left? Yeah. You know what, what? And frankly, once the other thing is, once you've got to pay for Netflix or Foxtel because you want to watch that sport. Yes. Then why go back to free to air? Now I have to say I think that's that's the doomsday scenario. Mm. I don't think it's necessarily the only that the only choice we have. Mm. But man, there are so many Australian households buying Netflix now, paying for other things. It's very, very hard to imagine this. the networks can afford to keep paying for sports for too much longer. Yeah. The flip side of that is,
1: where do their viewers go when they lose it? Yes. Uh, it's not a pretty spot. I think we've said repeatedly, particularly the broader media area, including mm-hmm. newspapers and all that as well. There is undeniably going to be some um, incredible opportunities yep. in there with all yep. of this negativity. And, you know, you f- it's always hard to predict. <laughs> yeah, right. if you fast forward, but, you know, th- there'll be there'll be some we'll look back on and go, wow, that was super cheap at uh-huh. the time. But, geez, you are really... Playing with dice, there aren't you? It's yep. super, super tough. So it's a it's a pass for me. Anything anyway, in that space, frankly.
2: I, th- I think that's true. I think I think there's a, there's a price to pay in a point at which some 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 assets are attractive. Mm. Um, I have to agree. I, I think it's probably a little bit too keen. I, I was, uh, th- th- frankly, the, the 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 business with the most upside was actually the one with the most downside, which is ten. Yeah, and that went into administration, yeah. which yep. is exactly your point. Right. Um, nine is flying high in the ratings. Yep. Seven already had a very high multiple because it was winning the ratings. Yep. In those scenarios, you want to be a little bit careful. Ten was kind of the ten had a really big leverage opportunity to come back. If it managed to get some viewers, it couldn't do that. Of course, it went broke, and that's yep. kind of in a nutshell exactly the sort of problem we're talking
1: about. It's such fleeting things, to not ratings. Way too risky for me.
0: Real money advice from real people, not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple m.
1: Mate, uh, let's talk. uh of t- risky, let's let's, <laughs> let's talk tax. Um, tax and, Trump, and, let's, try and be, let's try and be let's try and be a political as we possibly can here, and and really just to stress the point, we we want to talk about the the tax implications here more than the political ideology that may be behind it. But Trump, he's had a he's had a bit of trouble trying to get some things through lately. He's come out and he said lately. we're gonna Yeah, since forever. Um we're we're gonna cut some taxes and massively so down to 20 percent. This is the corporate the corporate, we're corporate we're rate about. of tax. You're yep. gonna simplify the uh, tax brackets for individuals. Yep. There's a few other things too, they're gonna allow corporates to repatriate a whole bunch of trillions of dollars in US uh US companies have Overseas. Correct. And they don't bring that back because there's a, a current at present there's a there's a big tax liability if they were t- to do so. So few things here that sound really good mm-hmm. from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. Is this something to get excited about for investors? Is this the next wind in the <laughs> sails for, for, for corporate America?
2: Look, I think, well, I think there's a couple of things. There I mean if you're if you own US shares and the tax rate is cut, mm. then there's an instant bonus. Yeah. Right. If you're paying a multiple of after tax earnings, which we do. Yep. And those asset tax earnings grow by five or ten percent just because mm. the tax is cut. Yep. Then, by definition, your your company earnings are higher. Yep. And so forth. Therefore, the share should jump higher as well. Hooray. So Very, very, yeah, exactly. For, from from a very specific one off change. Yep. It's it's probable that the market is worth more. After tax cut than before, it, all things being equal. Okay, so yes, if you're if you're a shareholder in U.S. companies, that's a great thing. Fantastic. And the tax being brought home, in theory, from overseas to the U.S. might give those companies more room to pay dividends or mm-hmm. buy other businesses mm-hmm. or do other, make other investments. Yep. So again, there should be a net benefit from the tax being returned in and of itself. Okay, fantastic. Well, let's do it then. <laughs> well, this is the this is the we're not going to be political, but we all talk about the ideology behind some of this stuff, right? Mm. The, the 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 motivation behind it is is what um. Mr. Trump and others would call the trickle-down theory of economics. And the idea is, if you give people tax cuts, What year and, is it
1: 2017? We're like, still talking about this. Kill me
2: now. The idea is that if you if you give a tax cut, so it, look, the thing is, it makes sense on the surface, right? If I say to you, and if I give you a tax cut, will mm. you go and spend more money? Yeah. You're just kind of yeah, of course I will. Sure. And everyone else thinks the same thing. And so great, the more we cut taxes, the more money gets spent. The more money gets spent, the more the economy booms. Yep. Therefore, cut taxes, grow the economy. Everyone's sweet. Okay. The problem is that the, the very very small, tiny little problem. Is that in reality it doesn't work, <laughs> and so this is kind of the challenge. Is that the, the, it's not even in theory, right? Like it's been tried. Well, that, that's multiple yes, times yes. and
1: multiple points in history and None multiple this, geographies. So
2: specifically, the U.S. state of Kansas tried this about five years ago. <laughs> that's right. It has been a complete and utter like a disaster. I, I'm not even over, I'm not exaggerating it. But the, the entire state has just become a complete basket case. Yeah. The the the. Kansas legislature is rolling back all those cuts, trying to basically fix the economy again. The whole thing went completely to pot. And so it doesn't work in theory. It doesn't work in practice. But unfortunately... it still works when you're thinking ideologically. And so this is the problem, is that Trump and, and the others are saying, this is what we should do. And again, this isn't about, this isn't being party political about Trump. It's not even about being particularly philosophically political. It's just literally saying, this is a policy that, while it makes sense in, at, at the very first level, if you think, okay, more, more tax, more economic activity, or less tax, more economic activity. Yeah. Yes. But it doesn't work. And the reason it doesn't work, generally speaking, is if you give tax cuts to those who don't need them, either they're not going to spend it. Mm. They're much more likely to save the money than spend the money. Yeah where do tax cuts come from? They come from nurses and doctors and teachers. Mm. They come from defense spending. Mm. They come from other spending. Mm. So you're taking money out. The government is a... T- tax revenue goes back into the economy. Mm. As much as it doesn't suit some people's ideology, mm. any government expenditure goes into the economy. Yeah. You take that away mm. and replace it with tax cuts. Mm. If I take a dollar out of public spending and give it to you and you spend 80 cents of that, it's a, ne- it's a ne- negative. negative. Yep. It's it's madness. And, and frankly... This is the problem with, with ideology and economics. This is where you've got to start with the very reality and work backwards rather than the ideology and hoping reality fits it. Mm. If you want to increase economic activity, you actually give tax cuts to people who can most spend that money, which is the lower paid. Yeah. And yes, it might not suit some ideology, and that's unfortunate. That's just kind of life. I'm not even saying you should necessarily do it. What I'm saying is if you're going to do it, if your job is to, is to cut taxes to stimulate economic activity – Got to come from the bottom end. That's yeah. You know, if you give someone a welfare, someone on the pension, someone on the minimum wage, extra buck, mm. they will spend that entire dollar. Yep. You give that dollar to Frank Lowy, who go, "Hey, I'll save that." Yep. Well, you know, and, and you take money out of the economy to do it. it yeah. it's, it's madness. It so, doesn't make. You
1: know what? And there's another point. So beyond beyond that, there's you know this thing gets um, uh, touted share prices, markets go up, people get excited, Mm -hmm. you get various talking heads on the telly sort of saying how you play this trade, Apple's got a whole bunch of money they could bring back (laughs) and this and that. And to me, it's just so crazy. And we've had so many recent examples of this. Remember when Trump came through, it was gonna be wonderful for infrastructure. It was gonna be wonderful for this. And I mean, this is very, very recent history. And it just didn't play out that way. So anyone who positioned themselves to benefit from those, yeah, um, from that scenario, has absolutely not had any benefit whatsoever. So yeah. I, I guess, and it's a point we keep coming back to. It's always the same conclusion. When you see these things, yes, there are potential positives and negatives out of all of that, but you've also got to weigh in roll into the probability of it occurring and yeah. occurring in the manner that you w- think it will. And to me, it, it's just it is pure speculation. Yeah, that's right. When Barack
2: Obama came to power, it was all about clean energy, and that's clean energy right. companies yeah. were supposed to do well. And yep. and then when Trump came, it was with a few banks and infrastructure and so on and so forth. Yep. Um, None of it's happened. No, yeah. it's thematic investing very rarely works. Mm. Themes can be a great way to look for some ideas to start with as yep. a starting point. I.e., if if more if more people are getting older, then therefore maybe healthcare might be worth looking at. Yeah, we know here in Australia that looking at healthcare REITs, i.e., property trusts, has been a disaster, even though people are still getting older and retiring and going to nursing homes at greater rates. That was was my rant last week.
1: The other one was uh, funeral parlours and that, you know. You have these big generalised sort of themes that are undeniably true, but yet how they play out is a very different
0: story. Indeed. Get more Motley Fool money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Mate, let's talk about,
1: very quickly, um, (laughs) we're speaking of sports. uh, Magellan is sponsoring the Ashes. Yeah. So tell me a bit about Magellan. (laughs) Magellan's a financial services company. They're a fund manager. They're not actually, I they haven't been around that long either, have they? Oh, it's only 2006? Yeah, maybe. it yeah, 10 yeah. years.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, <laughs> it's a very special thing. So Magellan, basically, fun, they've done fantastically well. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, don't, they're, don't mean to bag start, Yeah. Start, started yeah. by uh, track, Hamish okay. Douglas and... Yeah. Great investor. Uh, what's the other bloke? yeah, oh, uh, bloke's name? Uh, We're not big on details here at the Motley Fool. <laughs> uh, so, look, anyway, Some guy. Magellan was started... Apologies. Um, Magellan was started, basically, did a great job. They got the Magellan flagship fund originally, went to the US, bought a whole lot of businesses there, Raised a whole heap of money from Australians here to go investing in Australia and overseas. Fantastically done, incredibly, incredibly, incredibly well. Yep. Did a really good job of marketing themselves to, consumer, to investors and to financial planners. Yep. Really, really made a, a massive difference. Had a great impact on the, on the, the world of finance, mm-hmm. but now they've decided, following in the footsteps of Benson and & Hedges and Telstra mm-hmm. and many, many
1: others, they're going to sponsor the Ashes. So why is that such a bad idea? Plenty of people sponsor the Ashes. You get wonderful attention, great exposure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs>
2: I, oh, mate. I, uh, I tweeted this morning that if, if this ends up being the market peak, Magellan will be the one that called it for us with that sponsorship. <laughs> there are some things worth sponsoring. If you're a telco and you want to get people to sign up for your brand, they're making decisions every day, every week, every Consumer month.
1: Consumer-facing kind of stuff. If or, you're yeah, ice give... cream company, if yep. you're a baked beans company, yep, I totally, get why you'd want to. Totally, totally.
2: If you're a financial services company, the chances of that, that money actually going to help more and more individual investors... Your products, getting a positive ROI in that return,
1: I think is incredible. So you, th- you think the unharcly. bloke um, watching the, the cricket. <laughs> He says, "Brought to you by Magellan. You know what, honey? We need to get a we need to get a new fund. Uh, it, it does it does stretch and inc- get Magellan on the
2: line right now. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go instead of instead of smoking events on hedges or or, or something with like Telstra. Yes, I'm gonna jump on the blower. I'm gonna call Magellan and say, take my money.'
1: Yeah, there there, is, there are some spurious. We've seen a few <laughs> other listed companies who do this kind of stuff as well. And, hey, oh, we're nice. gonna do this, and we're gonna sponsor, it's gonna increase. It doesn't one three hundred smiles a very small." Uh, uh, relatively small ASX-listed company yep. that, that amalgamates um, uh, uh, dental practices. Um, they, they sponsor the... What stadium <laughs> is it up in Queensland? The one three hundred Smile Stadium. That's right. The North Queensland Cowboys home ground. And again, look, there's some exposure there, but I just don't know if that's the kind of advertising that leads to an increase <laughs> in sales, <laughs> which is an interesting thing. Oh, mate.
0: Motley Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M.
1: Mate, uh, we've, uh, we better round this up. Uh... Oh, not yet, not yet. Oh, sound effects? I'm on my high horse, Andrew. Okay.
2: <laughs> That's right. How could here, I we think it? here we go, here
1: we go. Everyone
2: strap in, sit down, get ready, here we come. I'm going to need coffee, run. I'll be back in 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I continually get incredibly frustrated by the fiction that is portrayed that somehow individual investors can't manage their own finances. The fact that you need some sort of magic formula, secret device, black box, Christ knows what else, to manage your own money is completely, completely... Well, I was going to say it was confounds me. It doesn't confound me at all. You know why? How do you sell your services to somebody? You say, don't worry, you pretty little head, Andrew. I'll do it for you. I'll take your 2%. I'll take your outperformance. I'll, I'll do all of this for you. Mate, you, don't you we do that? You can't do that. Don't I'll do we it do for you. Well, here's the thing, mate. We don't do it by pretending people can't do it themselves. We right. say, if you want to invest your own money, we'll give you some advice, ideas. You can mm-hmm. follow it if you want. You don't have to if you don't want to. We're not going to charge you a percentage of fees. We're not going to take a bonus. We're going to charge you a subscription for a bit of education, some stock recommendations, and then you follow it your own way and see if it makes sense to you. Okay. The idea that's in the, in the papers regularly by certain commentators will say, you know what? It's all very, very hard. We're the only ones who can help you. Come and sign up with
1: us just in case. Well, it makes sense, right? If, I, if, I'm, if I'm sick, I see a doctor. If uh, I need a filling, I go see a dentist. If I need a house designed, I go see an architect. So if I need financial advice, why on earth wouldn't I see a financial professional?
2: Oh, you should. But the difference is you're seeing either an advisor or a salesman. Right. If your dentist said, Andrew, that's a nice set of teeth you got, but I'm going to replace them all for you with better teeth. Special teeth that you can't get yourself, I can get for you. And I'll charge you every year to have those teeth in your head. What do you reckon?
1: Uh, are they teeth like um that James Bond character? That, that <laughs> might sway me. Jaws. Jaws. How, how, about,
2: how about instead of, I'm not going to charge you to design your house. I'm going to, you want me to look up? I'll, tell you what, I'll knock your whole house down. I'll build you a new house. You can't do it yourself. Don't don't try and plan your house yourself. Don't tell, don't tell me how many bedrooms you want. I'll tell you how many bedrooms you want. Don't tell me how many front doors. Don't tell me how many bathrooms. I'll sort that out for you, Mate. Yeah. And I'll charge you two percent of the house value every year thereafter, so you can live in your own house. How you? What do you reckon? Deal?
1: Well, look, I'm I'm going to play devil's advocate oh, here, just 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 to get under your skin a good little luck. bit. But you know, there is um oh geez, we see it all the time. There's there's a lot of recklessness that happens on financial markets where, where people sort of get in a little bit beyond. Um, where they're they're prepared for. Yep, I, I suppose um, there's a whole bunch of behavioural uh, factors that steer us into very silly decisions Correct. that we do with our money. And you know, so maybe it's not a bad idea that I give it to someone who can do it all for me. Someone's got a good track record. Yeah, I'm going to pay them, but I pay for any service. So why wouldn't I pay for that service to save me potentially from myself and to get, uh, a, frankly, a good return on my. Oh, I think, I think
2: that's very sensible. Mm. But that's when you that's when you go yourself to someone else and say. I need your. I need some help. Can you please do this for me? Yeah. I know I can do it myself, but I think you'll do a better job. And here's why. Right. That's a very, very different. That's when you decide for yourself to go to that person. And say, can you please help me? Right. It's not someone saying this is all really hard. It's, it's very difficult. Look, you can't do it yourself. I, you know, you can't do it. There's a bloke mm. in the paper writes regularly. You know, you can't be Warren Buffett. Stop trying. Mm. Just, just you know, get a broker to help you. Yeah. That, that broker who's paid by the trade. You reckon that broker really is going to help you do what you? Yeah, make yeah. you is that broker making you money? Yeah, it's the old story, the old the old book that was written a million years ago now called "Where Are the Customers' Yachts." Oh, great all book. the financial planners, yeah. all the brokers, all the all the shiny suits in the, in the CBDs of, of the country, all got their yachts down at the marina. They've all got their fancy cars. Where are the customers' yachts? That, the, where are the, the customers' What was he say
1: saying? Cars? Wall Street, the only place where uh, people in Bentleys go to get advice from people who catch the train to work or something like that. You, you've mangled it horribly, but you've got the you gist perfect.
2: Thank you. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly that's what right. I so,
1: uh, you know, I, I think
2: so, so good fee-for-service financial planners are fantastic. Definitely. The difference is when you go to an accountant or a dentist or a doctor, you don't pay them a fixed set of your assets for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's a good but deal, You pay isn't them it? per yeah. hour for the service they're providing. Yeah. Go to a fee-for-service financial planner. Get some great advice. Yep follow their advice yep. and go and do really, really well. And they'll charge you every year to go and see them and update your strategy. That's perfect. Yeah. When someone says, don't worry, you pretty little head, I'll take care of it, I'll charge you 2% for the privilege yes. and I'll do what you could do yourself or I won't change the strategy every year but I'll still charge you 2% every single year. Yep. They are absolutely taking it. That's a financial salesperson, not a financial planner and that's the difference. Yeah,
1: and I, look, I do agree with you, mate. Um, I, I think there's, finance investing is one of those things that obviously you just can't go in completely cold. You, you mm-hmm. need to do a bit of in, uh, research. You need to, Do a bit of reading. Um, I I would actually say, um, you know, the more you can educate yourself, the better off you're going to be. Mm -hmm. What I would agree, where I really do strongly agree with you, is that that degree that that hurdle that you need to get over isn't a big a hurdle as many people will make out to be. So when it comes to sensible long term investing, there's a couple of golden rules that will be that are true today, that were true 100 years ago, and will be true 100 years hence. And they're not that complicated. Yes. You know, if you can, if you can master high school maths or frankly, year seven maths, um, you're there. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, so it, it, and I wrote about it today for our members. It's like, if you get to a point where things are so esoteric and so much full of jargon and so technical and requiring all of this kind of stuff, I think frankly, it's purely they're designed to obfuscate what the simple truth of the matter is. So it always comes back to the basic things. Spend less than what you earn. Yep. Invest the, the difference wisely in a yep. diversified pool of quality assets yep. and sit on your bum. Yes. Is basically what it is, exactly right? Exactly.
2: Right. And ignore the siren song to do something. Yeah. Yep. Okay, mate. I think I'm done. Dismount?
1: I think I'm done. Dismount. All right. Okay. Well done. Uh, that does wrap it up. Before it we go, don't forget you can subscribe to the Triple M Motley for Money podcast through iTunes or your favorite Android podcast app. You think I would have memorized this by now? I still, have, I still have to read it. Because, and, you, uh, and you'll pause nicely
2: so I can say, oh, you can go to fool.com.au forward slash. And you can sign True up for a free newsletter for, uh, from our boss Bruce Jackson and ourselves. Uh, we
1: hope you will. <laughs> Mate, thank you very much. Thanks, fool. Till next time. Full on. Full on.